tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and Torytainment for you. Good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. This is your morningly Ocean to Ocean pre-show preparation. And I'm Ephraim Jr. here on the Ocean to Ocean Part 3 tour. We're in London for tonight's show at the Royal Albert Hall. It's very exciting because the first show of the entire Ocean to Ocean tour was here in London, as you remember, the first and the second show at the Palladium, which I walked by several times since I've been here in London. Uh, it looks the same. And as I was, as we were walking by, I'm like, do these people even realize that Tori has started her entire tour here last year? Do they? They're just walking by. They don't even have the knowledge. And that's why I'm here, is to bring the knowledge to the people. Um, I'm recording this at the end of the day, right before April 3rd begins. And I've had a lovely day here in London. I bought an amazing record, Julia Jacklin's new record, or newest record. And it was only $14.99. And the exciting thing is that it said $14.99, and I got up to the counter, and that's what I paid. I paid $14.99. There was no VAT. The VAT was already figured in to the price, and that's how they do things here, and that's a little bit better than how we do things in the United States, I have to say. But tonight, Tori is playing the Royal Albert Hall, and I'm going to start by talking about the last set in Cambridge on April 1st. Um, Rose Crest, thank you to Rose, who sent me these stats. Bouncing Off Clouds was played for the 41st time of this tour and 147 times in total. Ocean to Ocean played 46 times this tour and 46 times in total. Amber Waves, that was number seven this tour and number 108 total. Bells for Her, the second time this tour, 317th time total. Give, that was the 12th time this tour and the 66th time total. Suede, that was the second time this tour and the 98th time total. So only two more times for Suede to reach 100. The Centennial Suede. Strange played solo for the third time this tour and the 38th time total. It was really weird. I have to say, I didn't say this last night, but to sit there and her play Strange... I don't think I've ever heard her play Strange where Shaggy hadn't not only been in the audience, but been the one requesting it. So I was like, where is she? Did she come without telling me? I was like looking around, but no, Shaggy was not here, turns out, and had nothing to do with that request. And I wanna, I'm going to interview Shaggy at some point to find out how she feels about this. Uh, Putting the Damage On was played for the fourth time this tour and the 201st time total. Metal Watcher Wood, three for three. Mother Revolution, the 19th time this tour, 69th time total. Cotylite Sneeze, 12th time this tour, 360th time total. Body and Soul, 3rd time this tour, 71st time total. Sugar, 7th time this tour, 224th time total. And Cornflake Girl, 44th time this tour, 801st time total. Now, if we're looking at further stats, Brandon Valenzio then picks up the task by sending me the London stats. And he said, basically, London has had 18 million shows and she's performed a gazillion songs. And this is the ninth time at the Royal Albert Hall. So there are 31 known set lists from London. 
We're missing January 29th, 1992, and April 3rd, 1992. And we're missing many, many 1991 shows, knowing that she lived here and was playing a lot of shows at that time. Brandon has counted at least 18 for 50-plus total shows. And these are the top songs, and I'm just going to read them to you in the order that he sent them to me. Precious has been played that we know of 19 times here. Cornflake Girl, 17 times. Leather, Silent All These Years, and Winter all played 15 times here. Crucify played 12 times, along with Mina Gunn 12 times. Bells for Her played 11 times. China and Jupiter both played 10 times. Take to the Sky has hit 9 times here in London. Horses and Tear in Your Hand for 8. Horses would be great to hear. Um, God putting the damage on and Smells Like Teen Spirit 7 times. And then I'll read the sixth. A sort of fairy tale, Baker Baker, Big Wheel, Cloud on My Tongue, Cooling, Cloud on My Tongue? Tear in your hand? Cloud on my tongue. Cooling, IIE, Icicle, Space Dog, Upside Down, Yes, Anastasia, all six times. So those are the London stats. Songs that she's never played here are plentiful. And these are just a few of them. Thoughts. Mary Trump just tweeted, and I don't know why. I got a notification. Okay, thoughts. Humpty Dumpty, The Pool, Song for Eric, Ring My Bell, The Happy Worker, Over It, All the Girls Hater, Black Swan, Daisy Dead Petals, Butterfly, The Wrong Band, Agent Orange, etc. Okay. Those are all the ones that she's never played here. And I'm going to tell you what's disqualified now. Oh, and we have to talk about, I don't know if you've seen the social media, but the winner yesterday was SK from Twitter, and she's fantastic. And so I'm glad that you she won the participation prize last night. Brian Corbett, I found out right after we recorded the episode that he got a golden five. So Brian, you have a prize coming to you when I get home as well. And uh, we elevated him on our social media with a little crown. Congratulations to you. A golden five is a huge deal. That means you're in touch. That means you're in tune. And for, for someone to get a golden five not here on the road, really incredible. And then finally, uh, what else do we have? The bonus song. <laughs> the bonus song was Good King Wenceslas. And with the debut of the digital Torical, the debut performance, and she did not disappoint. That's for sure. So if you chose Good King Wenceslas, and I know you didn't, you would have gotten a bonus point. Thanks to Shay for running yesterday's game. Please give Shay all the love that you can. Shay is really fantastic. And the best way you can love on Shay is by having your wills and wants ready without any disqualified. We're not, we're not changing disqualified songs. If you choose one, it goes in that way. It's really difficult to like keep track of like additional changes and things like that. But Shay's doing a lovely job, of course, as always with everything. So thanks to Shay for doing that. And the disqualified songs today, <laughs> and these are new, we've got uh, the light bulb song, Addition of Light Divided. We have Ocean to Ocean. We have Bouncing Off Clouds Now and God. And finally, what was the other one? There's one that she plays every t- every night. I forgot. Addition of Light, Bouncing, ocean. ocean to Ocean, Addition of Light, Bouncing, Cornflake Girl, God. Okay, let me try this again. God, Bouncing Off Clouds, Addition of Light Divided, Ocean to Ocean, and Cornflake Girl. Those are your those are your disqualified songs. So, with that being said, you have all the tools that you need to make your wills and wants predictions for London. And my wills and wants, I'm going to say, are I will, I will, uh, I'm going to will. God, this is really hard to do on the fly. I want to pass the mission, and I want. Daisy Dead Petals. Those are two that I really want to hear. Pass the Mission, Daisy Dead Petals. Still, I will, 
Uh, I think she will do Metal Water Wood again. And I think she will do uh, Josephine. I think Josephine will come out because we're not in France. We're in London. It makes no sense. That's why. And my bonus song is, um, I'm going to say Juarez. My bonus is Juarez. All right. Those are my picks. We're going to replay Amy. Amy is our resident witch. She uh, pulls, she does the star charts for all of the cities to kind of give you a little insight. We played this in the Cambridge episode, but she did Cambridge and London together. So we're going to replay it here to give you a little bit more insight on London. Follow Amy. All her information is in the description for this uh, audio and follow her and request a reading. She does them professionally now. She's amazing. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Rose. We couldn't do any of this without you. And thank you, Jen Winans, who helped with the game the night before last as well. Thank you to everybody playing the game. And I will be there tomorrow. It takes a little, it takes a lot of courage to go up to people. You know, I feel like I came into a vibe. I feel like because I missed the first five shows, everybody had their groove. Everybody's already doing their own thing. And I felt like I'm coming into a vibe, you know, and I'm trying to like, I already have American shame. I have United States shame all around me. So I'm coming into a vibe and I'm trying to be polite and respectful and only talk to the people who really want to be talked at and to, and hopefully more will pop up out of the woodwork. But uh, thank you for listening to the show and I'll talk to you tonight after the show. Goodbye. All right, this reading is for both Cambridge and London. We're going to do it together. It's feeling like it wants to be done together, so that's what we're going to do. I pulled our tarot cards for both of these shows, and it's very fun, very um, super dramatical. So for an inner expression of this concert, we pulled the devil card. External expression, we pulled the sun and a card for perspective. We pulled the chariot. Now, what does the devil card mean? So many different. I know everyone has their own thoughts when they think of this term, this word. Clearly, Tori does not have the same baggage as we do when it comes to talking and thinking about the devil. The devil has to do with sort of getting wrapped up in worldly things and, um, you know, too wrapped up in ourselves, our cell phones, our problems, things of that nature. That's how I interpret the card. As an internal expression of this concert itself, it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of play playfulness with these concepts a lot of um i think you know different poking at maybe world events right there might be some political statements you know what i mean there might be some again just like playing with that concept of like how we are so self-obsessed and um thinking about how to sort of like incorporate that into the concert in a way that um again uh, is a little tongue-in-cheek. That's what I would um, predict with that. External expression of the uh, concert, we have the sun. So we'll talk a little bit about the significance of the sun specifically within this reading because it's interesting, the placement of it, and um, more, more specifically, the moon or the heart of the concert in nor in Tori's natal chart is, is interestingly placed. It's in a conjunction for these two dates. So I want to talk about that a little bit. A card for perspective, we pulled the chariot. Chariot is all about getting in the ring. It is all about action and adventure and, you know, having that sense of balance in our lives when we're going for a goal just to make sure that the goal doesn't consume us. So it's interesting. I think a perspective of engaging in these two dates, if you're going to both of them, have a sense of what you can take, have a sense of self-care, have a sense of, yes, wanting to go and to be at all the things and to not have the FOMOs, but at the same time, understanding like that you need sleep. Maybe you're hungry, you know, just having a sense of balance 
balance with respect to how dramatically you sort of throw yourself into this concert itself. So let's go to the chart. Let's go to the stars. Um, so I will look first at, um, let's just, I'm just going to look at um, Cambridge dates. And then I'm also going to look at London as well. And then we're going to look at the combination between the two um, with respect to um, Tori's needle chart. So let's start with the Cambridge date on April 1st. Um, this is a really interesting placement. Again, when you're having dates so close together and loca locations similar, you look for changes in planets that move quicker, right? So I have my eye on the moon here and it's making moves and it's making moves in um, Tori's natal moon place, natal sun placement of Leo. So those Leos out there know, and the, the difference between the two dates is significant. So on April 1st, it's in Leo in the, in the 10th house, and then it flips to the 11th house. Um, and again, like it cannot be overstated, the change in that, and then the moon shifts from Leo to Virgo. Virgo moons, man, yikes. It's just a sense of like this love and um, comfort in detail and making sure that things are in one's place. It's such a, um, it's such a emotional placement for the moon, if I can use that term, right? So let's start with again, Cambridge April 1st. So the moon is in the 10th house, it's in Leo. We look at this and we know it's extremely significant because Tori's son is in Leo and she is a Leo, right? So and we'll talk again about why it is so significantly placed in her chart and what that means. But that just means like the, the heart and the emotions of this concert is going to be big, big emotions, big scenes, big feels, um, regalness, royalty. Everyone's going to feel like a VIP at the show. Everyone's going to feel special. Leo connotates, again, it's a very royal sign. It is a sign very much associated with appearances. So expect again, like, um, like a, not so much an emotional experience on in Cambridge, but one of like a specialness. I feel special going in. Everyone feels like a VIP, right? There's lots of engagement with um, other people at the show. So within these past few dates, there have been so much emphasis on the sixth and the seventh house. Seventh house is very closely associated with all the partnerships that we have, romantical, and it's also called the open enemies, you know, because we all know romance sometimes is a bad romance. But I think the combination with the Leo moon and this emphasis on the seventh house really has to do with sort of like everyone like feeling part of something, feeling very connected to that. And the, the specialness of sort of the Leo, you know, there might be um, someone might step on someone else's cloak, right? There might be a little tension there. You do have the sun in Aries that always um, just adds a little bit of puts a little mustard on everything, right? <laughs> just a little bit of a little bit of mustard with respect to sort of like how people's egos are feeling. But I think this is going to be like people again. It's just going to be this energy of like people are really going to be feeling themselves, feeling really big, feeling really uh, magnanimous and and gracious and regalness, right? It's going to be sort of that type of energy. I want to talk about Mars for the concert too. It's in the ninth house. It's in Cancer. Again, this is just like what a what a doozy of a placement, right? So it's like Cancers need to make a special home for themselves. It's a very emotional sign. It's a water sign. It's extremely watery of the watery signs, right? Very intuitive sign. Ninth house is all about that higher learning, that higher aspect, um, the big questions, you know, travel, religion, study, what's the meaning of life, that type of thing. And again, the Cancer is going to sort of make sure that those um, types of things are looked at and engaged with in a protected way. There's going to be a protection. So I would assume and I would predict with these with these series of concerts, since Mars won't move that quickly, is that there's going to be a sense of like exploring those higher questions, but in a safe way. It's not going to feel, um, it won't feel threatening to anybody, 
maybe it won't be sort of um it won't be a um sometimes when people say things at concert and it's like oh my god it, it went viral this phrase that won't happen here because cancer is going to be very sure to explore those issues in a very safe way in a, ba- a very safe space so there are movements on these dates in terms of where the planets are from cambridge to london so we talked about cambridge let's talk about london a little bit so the first thing that i notice is you know clearly the moon is moving the most quick when you look at these different days the moon flips from like a leo placement in the 10th house to an 11th house placement in virgo so 11th house again a house commonly associated with social groups humanity being linked to the whole. So I, I would predict that London, more than Cambridge, is going to have, again, more of a sense of community, collectiveness, details, politeness, right? Oh, like, you know, very collegial, cordial. These are the Virgoing traits and what we love about the maiden sign of Virgo, being someone who puts other people's needs before themselves a lot of the time, right? So that is going to be a lot of, I think this is going to be very cordial, very polite, very British, right? Sort of like this sort of like very, um, you know, um, very, you know, again, like really thinking about how other people are feeling and just making sure that everyone's having a good experience. You still have that Mars place in Cancer in the ninth house. So it's going to be a safe space. People are going to feel safe to sort of explore these issues that Tori's music brings about, but it's going to be done in a way that is absolutely non-threatening. It's going to be very safe, very comforting. The one other thing that I want to mention with respect to the state before we flip to Tori's interpretation of all of this is Venus has moved from the seventh house into the eighth house. So Venus is what was making everyone just feel each other in the seventh house, like just love of like connection and, you know, the embracement of that connection. She slips into the eighth house here and it's in Taurus again. So again, this is sort of like... You know, eighth house is a, is a house of transformation. It's a house that we think of commonly with sex, right? So there could still be hookups here, but it's also some dark, uh, some dark matters, some dark insights with respect to the eighth house. But the Venus and Taurus is going to add a lovely little tint to that, right? So even though we're going to be exploring some really intense um, subject matter at this concert, you're going to have that lovely Venusian quality. And Venus is in Taurus now, which is such a lovely placement for it. It's going to feel again. again very non-threatening. It's going to feel like a a fun investigation, right? Um, I predict huge amount of hookups in this concert. It just means, again, you've got Venus in that house of sex, right? Some, maybe some taboo topics too. But again, Venus and Taurus and Taurians, um, I think not undeservedly have been sort of pegged as like behind Scorpio and like the horny factor, like very horny, just like, you know, I think it's a, it's a bull, like, right. It's like they have that sensibility too. So there's going to be some fun sexual energy, I think at this show. And again, just watching the change between the two dates, I definitely see Cambridge as being more of a fiery experience and sort of like people feeling themselves like that Leo energy in the moon sort of affecting everyone's experience. But then you flip to London and it's going to feel completely different. You've got the moon in Virgo. It's going to be associated with very much with other people. Lots of collegialness, lots of cordialness, lots of politeness, right? But you have that zinger of Venus slipping into the eighth house, sort of like touching everyone's sort of like interests perhaps in one another because you still have so much action going on in the seventh house. You've got Uranus there and Mercury, right? So it just is just the perfect combination for really fun concert interactions, depending on your um, definition of fun. Okay, let's stick with Cambridge and look at the comparison of what is in Tori's natal chart. So what I do with this is I look at her natal chart and then I the planets that are um, 
basically whatever's happening currently with the planets in Cambridge, we look at that in comparison to Tori's natal chart. The first thing I noticed, and this is a significant again, whenever the, you know, again, fast moving planets. So we look at the moon, the moon is conjuncting her natal Venus and they're both in the sign of Leo. That's her sun sign. Whenever we have the sun is the most, one of the most significant planets in astrology, but it's also significant to our lives, right? It's it's that, um, it's life for us, right? And the sun is very much associated with the ego. Her sun is placed in Leo. Again, that regal sign, that royalty. Um, it's a big sign and it's a fire sign, right? So you've got both her sun and her moon, um, you know, with this transit. And by transit, I just mean sort of like where the moon is now versus where it was when she was born. You've got the moon sort of touching and conjuncting her natal Venus. Venus, like, what do you think it means? It means it's so it's so associated with many of the similarities of Leo, right? Um, a love of creativity, beauty, relationship, connecting, all those Venusian qualities, like lovely food and a nice setting, and but it's touching that moon, right? So it's like the emotion is going to be so much tied to sort of like how we're doing this night, right? How are we feeling? And it's going to be sort of that like fiery Leo-like quality quality of like, I'm feeling myself tonight. I'm feeling very real. I'm looking, I'm looking a certain way, right? A lot of attention is going to be paid to her appearance tonight, right? It might look very different than, than London. Absolutely. It might look extremely different because again, even though you have these planets moving very quickly, the moon is only going to touch and conjunct within a day or so. And then it moves on because it moves so quickly. So again, look for Cambridge when it comes to sort of her presentation of herself. I think it's going to be extremely important because again, the sun is the self. Venus is that um, appreciation for sort of our connection, our relationship. And you've got the moon aspecting that natal Venus so strongly. And I think it's really going to come out in how she presents herself. The moon is our heart. It's our emotions, right? So it's like you want that placement when it comes to sort of Venus to be one in which um, there's a comfort in how the appearance of things looks. And that could be the look of the self, the look of the concert, but it's just going to be really important. And I really wanted to mention it here. A few other things, just as a reminder, you also have Jupiter conjuncting Jupiter again, so significant because it's both in the sign of Aries and it's in her fifth house. These concerts are going to be incredible, like just for that very one aspect that we've seen for a se- for several dates. And again, Jupiter moving more slowly, you're going to see this for these for a few of these dates, I think, in the early spring. So the people that are going to these concerts are just going to get a freaking show because Jupiter expands whatever it touches. Right. And if it's in the house of creativity, that's a location. It's super comfortable. Right. Because Jupiter is all about travel, exploration, wisdom, hobbies, like whatever, all the things that we do in life to sort of like. I think I'll look into this today or like, let's play the flute. It's very much like it's an excitable, sort of expansive, beneficent, you know, the great benefit is sort of how it was sort of perceived in the past. So again, you've got this concert, like just kicking ass in the fifth house, like really going for it. Aries is such a fiery sign. So it's just going to be a show. It's going to be dramatic. It's going to be ambitious. It's going to be out there, right? The one thing I want to notice, though, you know, we are, I'm watching Saturn very closely. So Saturn is the planet. We commonly think of Jupiter and Saturn to get, we, I commonly think of them and I like to compare them together because they're huge. They're both very significant planets in astrology and they play off one another, I think, quite frequently. So in Tori's third house, she's got her Saturns there. It's in Aquarius, which is a really fun placement for Saturn, I think, right? Because again, it's that playfulness. This is going to be someone who has issues with authority. Just 
just hands down, which we all kind of see, right? Saturn is commonly associated with the father, so the Aquarian view is always going to be contrarian to that type of authority figure. The reason I want to flag it is because while it's not happening now, we're looking like we're moving towards a conjunction in Tori's natal third house with Saturn. And as we move closer and as those Saturns combine, I'm this will be very interesting because Saturn is a doozy. And when it overlaps on a natal chart, um, you know, you, you want to take notice that's something that you absolutely will feel. It will be very, um, what's the right word to think of Saturn? Like, it's just going to be, you know, when people talk about if you've commonly associated with like the term the Saturn return, it means Saturn comes back to the placement of where it was at in your natal birth chart. You know, that's just a time again for a serious reckoning and, you know, a moment for deep reflection. It's in the third house, which is commonly associated with how we relate to one another and how we communicate. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. I'm going to look at that and see what these next few dates have in mind, because I think that could be a very, way interesting in terms of like what that might mean for the concert and the presentation of the issues you have here. I can't end without talking about um, Tori's Neptune. It's in the 12th house. It's in, you know, again, it's like the best sign I think to have. It's in Scorpio. Such an interesting placement and a very intuitive, very psychic placement. I'm watching the opposition between that and some of the planets that are going to be working through her the sixth house during the concert, Venus and Uranus. Again, like these are these are interesting planets to be in opposition, right? It's sort of like that visionary, um, deeply in sort of like reflecting and dreaming and escaping and, and exploring. And then you have on like the an opposition, sort of like an opposing side of that, you have freedom and change and you know all the things that you commonly associate with Uranus. So I'm definitely watching that in terms of like how that conflict plays a part, plays a part in the concert itself. As that moves closer to a true opposition, um, we'll be very interested to see sort of how that manifests, right? You have this sort of dreamlike quality um, and then sort of something that shocks you into reality and like shakes you up and is like, wake up, we're here right now doing this thing, right? Could be a sense of disconnection from um, the vibe of the place, could just be more inspiration. You never really know how it plays out. It's like astrology is kind of like a weather forecast. It's like this could happen. And then sometimes you're like, it didn't happen. And it's like, yeah, I'm a weather person. You know what I mean? It's like the conditions were right, but you never know which way, um, what actually is going to happen at the end of the day. So I think these are going to be really fun few dates. I definitely think that you're going to notice differences between the two of them. Cambridge, again, you've got that fiery Leo moon um, that's right on top of Tori's natal Venus, which is going to be extremely exciting. I love to see sort of like how that interacts with um, how the concert is sort of how how the emotions and the people at the concert sort of perceive and receive her creativity, because I think that's going to be a perfect opportunity to watch those two things overlap. You know, watching that Jupiter, again, going to be a really, very, very dynamic and there's going to be a ton of creativity and it's going to look and feel very visual. All those things we associate with sort of that Jupiter sensibility, um, it's going to be big and bold and amazing. Watching that Saturn is those two planets sort of like within her natal chart and um, the placement of Saturn within it moves closer together. I'm going to definitely watch that. But I think again, you know, pulling this devil card and the sun card, I think it's just going to be a time to sort of get out of our heads. Frankly, it's going to be time to get out of our heads, get out of sort of what's going on in our daily lives and really embrace that sunlight quality of like, I'm just going to have fun tonight, right? I'm just going to connect with some people. We have the chariot card for perspective within reason. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to be measured and, um, you know, 
very methodical about it and really listen to what I need in life. But at the same time, I think I need some fun right now, right? The sun is all about like, what do we need right now? What's going on right now? What, you know, always being in contact with that part of yourself. So that is the reading for these two dates. Thank you again for listening. And as always, if you can't be good, be careful. We will talk next time. of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.